Talkity talk talk. Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you, but I don't see you. Oh, no, I've not turned my camera on yet. Well, what are you doing? Are you changing a dirty diaper? No, no, I got rid of that one. Let's see here. There we are. Hey, I see you. Where's your baby? She's back there. Is she sleeping? She fell asleep. Yeah, right quick. Oh, beautiful. Good job, Dad. You're listening to Lead Him to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Lead Him to Life, back by popular demand, the one and only... The great, the all-powerful, <laughs> the delightful Nick Davidson. Oh, stop it. Wild. Just stop. Just stop you. Crazy. Nick, I'm so delighted <laughs> to have you yeah. on. How are I'm you, my well. friend? How are you? I am doing well. Are you staying warm? Are you in Minnesota I am still? on the border of Canada and Minnesota in the coldest city in America, International Falls. How do you feel? How do you feel? You know what? It's weird. So I grew up in Duluth. So I grew up with cold and I'm the only one in my family who hated it. I despised the cold. Um, But then coming back, you know, we lived in the Caribbean for three years and that was my heaven. That was, it was 90 to 100 every day. And coming here again has, it was tough. But then I realized, I think my whole life, I just didn't wear layers. And so I was cold (laughs) my entire uh, childhood. And I think that was the difference. Nobody else was cold because they wore a coat. You're like, oh, that's how people do this. Yeah, I feel like going back and being like, mom, just a coat or something. Because now, like, I don't mind it at all. It doesn't affect me at all. I love it here. It's great. In fact, we are considering Alaska for our next step. And I'm like, all right, bring it on. As long as I can add a layer, it's no big deal. So So how do you deal with the lack of sunlight? Because I think that's what starts to get to me in the winter. I just was telling a friend this the other day. Like I just have been in a sure, little bit yeah. of funk, a, a little bit of a funk. I'm like, I think partly it's just the winter yeah. blues. Yeah. They're real. I, I don't struggle with them as much. Um, I, I don't really, yeah, that's just not an issue. I think I have way too much serotonin, but my wife definitely, it's an issue for her. You know, where we live, I think at its worst um, on the shortest day of the year, I mean, the sun is coming up I guess it's light around seven thirty, and then it's dark by four thirty or five. So that's a not a bad window, to be honest. It's not like Alaska, where you you can get like six months of the year where it's just dark. And we've never had to experience that, so I don't know. Um, I know that I do. I spaced out some of our bulbs. You can buy those daylight bulbs these days. You can just buy them at Home Depot or wherever, and they give off the the bluer light of daylight instead of just like a an indoor bulb. And I spaced. So you can bring the sun Yeah, I kind of bring it through the house, especially in the bathroom where my wife gets ready and stuff like that. I have every other bulb in there is one of the the daylight uh, bulbs. So, yeah. I totally want to do this. Um, I kind of jumped the gun. You should probably introduce yourself. uh, You're just so famous and and so known, you know. Okay, actually, I did have somebody come up to me literally last week, Nick that uh, was talking about listening to Lead Him to Life. It was at the um, the O'Gorman uh, principals or the O'Gorman school retreat that I was at, which was so fun. And she was like, I love Nick Davidson. Like, he's so fabulously <laughs> weird. You have to have him come back on. I was like, I know. And I've had, I probably had like two or three people just in the last That's few weeks um, say something. So you've been on before. Uh, we had you on to talk a little bit. Gosh, what theology did we even talk body. about? We covered a lot of ground Marriage, about theology of the body and that sort of thing. Yeah. So Nick, introduce yourself though. Tell us a little bit about kind of who you are. Um, 
what you do. Uh, that I'm sort Rick of Davidson. I uh, grew up in Duluth, Minnesota. I've been married almost 20 years now. We have five kids, three adopted and two biological miracles that were never supposed to come along. Uh, we became Catholic in 2008 um, after meeting a, at that time, really unknown priest named Father Mike Schmidt and becoming best friends <laughs> with him. And then now contributor to the most popular podcast in, in the, the world. United States. It's number one on iTunes in the world. In yeah. the world. Is yeah. it in the world? Yeah. Bible in a year. It's really good. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Stuff. So we met Father Mike and had never met a priest before. And anyway, that long that's a whole other podcast. We became Catholic. Um, and that's kind of been, uh, my wife just, she's a doctor. We, she went to med school in the Caribbean. Um, and I guess that's kind of a bouncy way to say who I am. I'm married. That's the big thing is I am a husband and then a dad. So <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. And Nick, I met you, you came to the diocese a couple of years ago. And I think I shared this story um, when you were on last time, but I, I had such an appreciation for you because you came to speak at an event that I was planning. And at the end of the night, I mean, everybody is tired, right? And I look up and you are literally walking the, the aisles, the chairs, um, picking up garbage. And I just was like, this guy is awesome. Like you just have the servant's heart and um, yeah, you just really are on mission uh, for the Lord along with your family. And it's been really uh, beautiful to watch and inspiring to me. So I kind of want to, in this episode, um, as you're bouncing a baby on your back, you're like number one dad. Um, I want to talk about mission. What does it mean to be on mission? How does somebody discern uh, the mission that God might have for their life. Um, and then particularly just your story and where you and Jaslyn feel, Jaslyn feel called to move with your family, go with your family and, and the mission work that you feel called to do. So maybe a starting point is just really broadly, like when you think about <clears throat> being on mission what does that mean to you and how do you encourage people to find and discover what it is that God has for them? Sure. Uh, well, so, f for, so we both grew up in the assemblies of God. Missionary work at the time was really huge. So, you know, usually the fourth Sunday of every month would be a missionary visiting from, you know, who was at home fundraising. And so I grew up seeing missionaries all the time. Not once did I ever want to be a missionary in my life. I never, yeah, no, for no, real? that was never, it was in fact, like I, I will, I, I knew I was going to Hollywood. I, I was going to be an actor forever. I, I knew that that's what I was going to do all through high school. And um, so it never once crossed my mind. Um, and uh, there was a, a time, and I did a podcast about this recently. There was a time in Bible college because I went to a Bible school and you had to take certain courses to get a Bible minor. Uh, and I was taking intro to missionaries or intro to missions. And the teacher, Doug Lohenberg, this really gregarious outgoing guy, he's, he's teaching. And, and I was, I would zone out. I would do the homework, but I didn't, care. It's not that I didn't care about what missionaries did. It just didn't apply to me. And so I was in class one day and I don't know when it was, I was a freshman, but uh, he, in the middle of class, ranting back and forth, he would pace. He stopped. He said, all right, everybody just put your pens down, close your eyes. And for 60 seconds, I want you to just take a beat. And um, but just between you and God, I want you all to, between you and him, to answer the question, if he ever possibly, hypothetically, maybe, kind of, sort of asked you to be a missionary, would you consider doing it? Go. And then it was just dead silence for a minute. And so I sat there, like, I had my eyes closed. 45 seconds in, I wasn't, I didn't even care. I wasn't doing, Hudson, I'm on the internet right now. 
<laughs> I bribed my son with so many devices and we never do that. I'm like, here's food. Just leave me alone. And he's not. Um, anyway, <laughs> 45 Daddy. seconds in, uh, I really felt this kick from God where he's like, are you going to, you're not, you're not even going to talk to me about this. Like, and I was like, uh, all right. You're not even yeah. going to talk I mean, to me about it. It was weird because it. It, it wasn't, I just didn't think there was a need. So I said, all right, fine. You know, so I took 15 seconds of my life and I was like, right, fine. If you ever hypothetically kind of maybe sort of in some short way, ask me to be a missionary, of course I would do it. If I knew you were asking me, of course I would. And it was the strangest thing. I felt like I just a very clear moment where God was like, deal. And then that was it. Like the, he didn't, and then nothing again for years. Like I, that was it. There was just one conversation and um, went about my class, passed the class, never thought about missionary work again, got into my second year of college, didn't even think about it. And then uh, two weeks before the end of the semester, I met this girl and, uh, dun, dun, and dun. everything, uh, she made it clear on the first date that she has known since she was little, she wanted to be a missionary and that, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Seriously? And so I always tell people, my wife has known since she was 10 and I've known since I met my wife. <laughs> like I, yep. I just knew I, I was like, yep. okay, if, if living in China means I get to be near you, sure. I'm in, I'll do it, whatever. But the weird thing was like, there's an aspect that I was going to say, I love it more than her now, but it's not, we both, it's just, it, it is what we are called to. And it's, there's no other way. In fact, every morning that I wake up stateside, I, I'm, I'm like restless. I'm really, I'm fine. It's like, it's a divine discontent. Like I wish I weren't here, but I'm also, I know that I am here right now and this is where God has me, but there is just like an ever for us, there's an ever present just cognizance of we, this is not where we're, we're not putting down roots. We never put down roots. In fact, before we moved to the Caribbean for Jason to do med school, cause she got accepted into med school and it was a total left turn for us to go down South to the Caribbean. And I remember my wife, we had been in the States four years, five years. And she was like, I'm just going to miss all my lotions because after a while <laughs> you, you put down roots and you get comfortable and you're just like, no, I want all the things I can get. And um, even moving to the Caribbean, it was, it was third world and it was, it was crazy. Um, so all that to say for us, missionary work, um, it was birthed in my wife. It was from her, some of her earliest memories. And for me, it was just, it was an obvious yes there, I don't know, there wouldn't be a no, you wouldn't say no to it because it's what God called her to and God called me to her. So that's, that was for us. Now, over the years, we've hosted mission trips. We have a nonprofit that we host them and we've gone on them. You know, we, it's, she, in fact, uh, a month and a half after we were married, she's, she came home from, she was still in college and she's like, yeah, they, there's an invite to go to China for two weeks, just to work in an orphanage for two weeks. And I really want to go. I'm like, okay, it's China. Uh, and we both actually in conversations when we were dating, we had talked about, okay, if we ever did in the future, where would you not want to go? And both of us unanimously, the one place I would never want to ever even set foot in is China. And that's where we moved. We got married. She went there for a few weeks, uh, for two weeks. By the time she got back from her trip, we had already, I had already filling out paperwork for us to be missionaries and to move there. Uh, or not missionaries, we were teachers over there. Yes, Hudson? I'm sorry, Emily. I gotta. I love him come so here, much. Here. Listen to his come little here. voice. Just bring it here. I can help you. <laughs> um, so we, that for us, it's always been amazing, scary step, uh, leap of faith after leap of faith. But that's because we know we're called to be, you know, over overseas missionaries. Like we know that that's our call. Like it's, um, and so for us, that's the ethic is, is no, we're, no, we're not called for here. Uh, if God changed it and we're here, that's fine. We've, we've had to work through that. Um, but if we could, here you want to say hi, Hudson, come here. They like your voice. It's way less annoying. 
Hello, Hudson. Hi. Look at you, you little blondie. Oh, she can't hear you. Uh, or he can't hear you. Here. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm in yeah, your here. earbuds. Say hi. <laughs> hi. Hello. How are you? Good. It's good to see you. My name is Hudson. Do you want to? Do you want to be a missionary? No. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! I got to work on the talking points with him. Okay. One second. What do you want me to? What do you want to do? Just go in there. I'm going to There you go. Okay. Go be safe. Leave me alone forever. I love the reality of this, by know, the way, I'm sorry. <laughs> as listeners are listening in like this is this, but I love it because this is real life and this is, uh, yeah, yeah the life of a dad that's working towards this. I just well, think, and yeah. so, so for us, that, that is like we're, you're here in international falls. Jacelyn chose this position because, uh, fewer doctors want to come here. And so if we did have to be stateside and we're trying to figure out our financial situation, how to get overseas, this is at least missionary work while we're here. Um, and then God did, I, he stopped me from, I don't travel and speak. I don't do anything, but the occasional thing with you. And, uh, but I am, I'm raising the kids. I'm at home and all of that has been a change, but it's all with, obviously there's the day everyone could die today and that's fine. But with our, we have a longer goal in mind as well as to get to get out of here to go and it's always been to go where people don't want to go it's, and that's it's not even meant to be like oh it's just that's just always been in us like well, well when even adopting kids we always talk about adopting kids we said well i don't want to adopt a baby everybody wants babies so that means there's an entire demographic of kids who don't get adopted because they're they're not babies anymore so we that's where we adopted mm-hmm. three kids who were older um and siblings and god even that was a miracle that it worked out we you know we were in med school in the caribbean zero money and god worked out the three adoptions uh so for us it's been that in, in specific for people listening, um, discerning being a missionary, it's, it's, it's super easy. Uh, it's, it's barely an inconvenience. It's just taking 60 seconds with God. Really, everything can boil down to that and just saying like, no, if, if you ever did, yes, of course I would. If you asked me to be a missionary to the inner city stateside, yeah, of course I would. If you asked me to leave the town I grew up in, yep, of course I would. If you asked me to do this, yeah, of course I would. Like that's, Everything boils down to that. Now, I would say this. Um, we I learned this from the people who actually first hosted the trip that my wife went on to China. So she went, just, she was a psych major and uh, at the time had no calling to be a doctor. Just, you know, she's, and the psych department was like, hey, we're going to work with some friends in China at an orphanage. The people who hosted that team, they told us, because uh, when we lived in China, we went and hung out with them and they were like, no, we host trips. And we know there's criticism for short-term mission trips. And people say, oh, what good can you do, you know, long-term in, in a two-week period of a bunch of people who aren't trained in it and blah, blah, blah. And maybe there's valid stuff. But he said, uh, it's worth it for us because out of every single trip we host, at least one person comes home from that trip saying, yep, that's for me. That's what I'm doing with my life. And so that's for us, life. we've, I've hosted four trips. Same thing has happened every time. There's at least one adult or kid who comes, goes back to the States. I had one girl, she went back and she said, nope, changing my major. I'm studying Spanish. I'm studying this. I'm going to move to this country. And then she did like, it's just, so that sort of stuff happens all the time. So I would say that the caveat is people listening, far more of you are called to missions than maybe you even know, but so many people just, it never crossed their mind that it's an option. Um, we had people when we worked in China, people who uh, the guy had worked for the Pentagon, they were retired and they just realized, no, we're supposed to go. And then they left and they were teachers in China. So like it, there's no, there's no specific demographic. It's all, it's, it's basically just being an active Christian because everything comes down to Mary's yes anyway. And so like, if you're, 
living it, then it might be a, a scary thing to ask God, do you want me to uproot and sell everything I own and move? Do you want me to do that? Because if you want me to, I will. Um, and that sort of sentence, I guess, is what brings all the adventure in life is, well, because if you want me to, I will, that sort of thing. So, I don't know if that makes sense. I think there's something, yeah, it does make sense. And I think I've got a lot of thoughts going through my, through my little brain over here. Um, number one, there's an attractiveness in the radical that I think is, um, yeah, it's moving, it's moving to people. And yet there's also something in me that's like, I think everybody is called yeah, to be missionary. Definitely. Every, like everybody listening to this podcast, it, it is not in Matt and I, like it has not ever been once at least yet, yet. proposed, um, from the Lord, like, Hey, we want you to be here or here or here or here. Like we just really continue to feel called to be in this little town in South Dakota doing what we can to raise holy kids and to serve the people that we, yeah. that we serve, whether that's, you know, through mass profession or, or my work here or whatever. Um, so I'd love for you to just to, to maybe speak to that a little bit, like, cause not everybody sure. is called to foreign missions and there's this mission in your home that even now, as you kind of wait for this this end goal of um, or this long term goal of being um, elsewhere, you're on yeah, mission yeah. now. What I mean, yeah, speak into speak truth into the people that are kind of in that phase. Yeah, of life. so I always I use this anecdote when I um I just bumped my baby's head against the refrigerator. She slept right through it, and she oh, slept no, right through she it. Okay? Um, or, or was knocked <laughs> unconscious. I don't know. It's fine. Um, so anyway, this is the most. <laughs> Scattered chaotic. Um, <laughs> Kid-friendly episode. So, I'm digging um, it. When we were in Minneapolis, our pastor at the campus church, um, Christians in Action Church in Minneapolis, uh, one time he was preaching, and I don't remember anything else from that sermon that he was preaching, but in the middle of the, the sermon, you could tell, because he was talking about um, God giving us our own, like, he, he takes us on our journey in life, and he has plans for us, and, um, and he's stopped at one point and you could tell this frustration built up in him. And then he just, he said, because he said, um, everybody is given a corner of the world. That's all you're given. You're given a little corner wherever you happen to be. And then that's what he stopped. And it was kind of quiet. He got frustrated and Clinton and he just yelled, clean your corner, just clean your corner. And you could tell like in him, all he wanted just wherever he puts you, just, you clean that corner. Just don't worry about the rest, just clean your corner. And so if you're, if you're home, if you're called to stay at home, that's a calling. Every day is your calling. So if you're there, clean your corner, then, then do that. If you're called, my wife's a doctor, then clean your corner. And if, if, you know, if you're unemployed, clean your corner, you're alive somewhere, you're still taking breath or still receiving breath. So, so clean it. And so that actually, I still remember that because um, it's a long winding road to be a foreign missionary, but everybody's life is a long winding road. So then what do you do? Then you do, you take every day as a mission. And so there's a few people who have jumped on board with our like, ethic or, or our, our nonprofits like way of life. So I always talk about um, if somebody, when we live in these foreign countries, if somebody walks up to me and if a beggar comes up and asks for money, I have a policy. Our family has a policy. You always give the big bill. So if, if you, if somebody comes up to you, a total stranger and asks you for money and you open your wallet and you have a hundred, a 50, a 10 and a one, you give the hundred, you give the big mm-hmm. bill. Um, and that's the way we live as missionaries. And that's the way you should live now. And so, the, the difference between foreign missions and home missions is just basically location. Um, it's the lifestyle that, that we need to embrace of, no, no, when I leave my house, I'm a missionary in my community and I am leaving my comfort zone, which is my own home, my safe space, 
and I am going out and I don't know what it's going to be like. I've had like here in town, I've at the grocery store. I, I always ask, say, how's your day going? Uh, and I've had the other day, just women say, you know what? It's going really, really bad because my dad died two days ago and I have to be at work. And she was crying and we, we had a moment. I was able to sit there and talk and I've been checking in on her. And so you can't say you're going to be a foreign missionary and just, and just be and a church. You just have to live like that. And the apostles did that. And Christianity, that's the church's mission all through. Um, and so, yeah, I, I guess that's a, a vague answer other than just clean your corner and give the big bill. <laughs> like we have had some couples come to us and say, we're interested in foreign missions. We don't know if that'll be us or not, but we do want to start living as uh, our nonprofit is called Freely Given. We want to start living as freely given missionaries now. Like we just want to live as that now. How do we do that? And that's one of the ways it's just, all right, let go of your money, let go of your time and, and start giving it away. Cause that's what foreign missions requires of you. And that's what missionary life does, but that's what Christian life requires of us. If we're honest, that's what it takes from us is everything. Um, uh, and so then you start to live that now. So if you're home listening, you're called to mission because you have to go to the store and, and you do have to encounter people. Um, and generally it's best if you do that to people who aren't in your own church, church like you know people that you know every sunday and this is a different year obviously with the zombie apocalypse and whatnot we it's you have to live differently <laughs> now obviously so i have i've been you know, there's an app called marco polo and i spend a ton of time on marco polo to people i haven't talked to in forever trying to be face to face and reach out to them and say how they're doing because that's also something that can work when we're overseas i can still be face to face with people when we move and um yeah so i don't know if that makes sense it does make sense and i uh I'm trying to even formulate how I want to ask this question. Um, but the word that's coming up in my mind right now is fear. Like as you're talking about, give the big bill, give the big bill or um, be freely given or abandon yourself or whatever. Like there's a real natural, maybe it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. I think it's a really yeah. human, like a fallen yeah. human um, thing that comes up of like, but ugh. Yeah what, what about this? And even like, but Nick, I've got kids and I have all of these things and like these people that I need to provide for and, and a job that I need to show up for and all of these things. Um, so I just want, yeah, I just would want you to respond yeah. to that. I, I'd love to. Fear. Um, it's funny cause we are, it'll be a long answer, but it'll answer your question. Um, God is always asking us to jump from a little higher height. He's always asking that. Cause, cause I think like the goal is just like, like wild abandoned off off of the cliff with without care of how far the drop is and so like with my wife and I uh initially it was uh, moving to China and then it was becoming a doctor and then it was becoming Catholic which was a scary jump and it was all these things it was adopting kids with zero dollars in your bank account and um every step of every single way it has always been just a little harder to say yes a little higher like a little bit with this like yeah. pit in your stomach like okay now when I say yes I have five kids like it's it, so, yeah. but the funny thing is, to, it, and Hudson doesn't does want to be not, a missionary. He does not. He said it he himself. Likes his devices <laughs> and lotions. Uh, but um, <laughs> but really, when it comes down to it, um, if we're honest, the first question that always comes to mind is just money. To be honest, I mean, really, like I know the, the children's emotional, you know, state and everything, and and of course, but if they have a strong home, that'll be fine. And all these different things. But when it really comes down to that, I've had when we lived in Alaska for a month during her residency, uh, they allowed you to go rural. And I remember my wife asking, "Can I go really rural?" Because we were in Minnesota, and she's like, "Can I do a rural <laughs> rotation in Alaska above the Arctic Circle?" And they were like, "Okay, go ahead." So we packed up. At the time, we had uh, three kids, and she was pregnant with the fourth. She was five months, wow. and we went. Uh, we got on a plane and lived there for a month in a half-bedroom apartment. Uh, so there were 
five and a half of us. My jaw <laughs> just dropped. It was a month, but you know, we did every morning, the living room changed from a bedroom back into a living room. And then when it was time for dinner, we'd pull a table in and we'd eat dinner and we did it for a month. And granted, maybe that's not sustainable forever. Although, you know, half of the world lives that way every day anyway, with all their generations. Yeah, but, okay. um, but we didn't, I remember somebody saying, well, how do you, how do you just get your family on a plane and go somewhere? And I was like, so you just, you buy extra tickets. Like you just, you, you, it, you buy a ticket for them and then they, they let them on the plane because they're your kid. And then you land wherever you're going and then you stay there. And like, it's, it seems scary, but it is, it just isn't, it's just unknown. Like it's, it's an, un, it's yeah. And, unknown. and again, that's not that it isn't viscerally scary. And there's a visceral reaction to that. Um, some of the places we're looking at to possibly move are scary. Like, because it's like, there's, you know, there are 200 people live in this town and there's nothing there's. So what do we do if God calls us there? Well, we, it's unknown. I don't know, but it's going to be okay. Cause it's gonna be fine. Like, um, so I would say the biggest concern ends up being money when you're a parent, when you're, when you have a family, but I just always, I, I get, come back to the fact that I've never, I've never known God to not provide money when you trust him. It just hasn't. I mean, every mission trip I've ever led, we, we don't do any fundraising. We pray. Uh, and then the money comes in, you know, you let people know you're raising money for a trip, but there was a time I was working at a church and we did a trip to Guatemala and money was just coming in like crazy. At one point, some of the parents got scared. They're like, okay, but it's not coming in enough. We're going to have to have a, a fundraiser. Let's have like a, let's sell cinnamon rolls. And I was like, okay, we can do this. We can give away cinnamon rolls on Sunday and see how that goes. And they're like, no, but that's, that's counterintuitive because we have to pay for the cinnamon rolls. I'm like, yeah, I know, just bear it out. And so then we did, and you, we just made more than we had, had we fundraised. Um, and we always end up with extra that we can leave in country and whatnot. And I actually had somebody say like, well, we're in the red in our Catholic school over here and you guys are raking in the money. And I'm like, I, well, I'm sorry about that. I don't, they're not connected. I just know that this is how God brings, how he provides for his missionaries. I just know it because I've seen it. it. It's totally illogical. It doesn't make sense that he would, but God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Like he owns, he owns the bank. It's just, he doesn't, he, he can't make your heart say yes. And that's the one thing he can't make happen. So if your heart says yes, I, I mean, and again, I know this, we have time frame, but we could go for hours on firsthand stories of utter miracles when it comes to God providing food and providing money for people who say yes to, to the missionary life, stateside or abroad. It's just that he can't make you say yes. And so it's really difficult for him to prove himself when we won't put ourselves in, we won't let him put us in a situation where he gets to prove himself. Um, oh, good. Have you ever not trusted and the Lord called you out on oh, yeah, it? Yeah, all the time in little ways. Um, for instance, one time, uh, I guess my, my wife knows now, um, when she was in residency, like we, you know, kids were coming like crazy. We're just so many kids all of a sudden. And um, and it's way more expensive. And um, oh, I have two. I'll give you two. One, uh, we were down to okay. all our bills were due and we had $100 in the bank account. And the bills were way more than $100. And we had already made a mistake and taken out credit cards and that didn't do it. That didn't sustain us like God could. And um, so we were behind on all that. And I'm looking online at my Wells Fargo, just looking at it going, I don't, how am I going to do this? I'm looking at the hundred, I'm looking at the bills and I'm looking at the hundred. And I just so clearly just, God was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you, 
you, you're just sitting here ruminating over that hundred. That's not going to save you. Get rid of it. So I, I got in the car and I went to an ATM and I just withdrew the last hundred we had. And I just gave it to a beggar in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Like I just gave it away because there's always somebody begging at the, the corners because a hundred wasn't going to save us anyway. It wasn't enough, like physically wasn't enough to pay the bills anyway. So what good was it? And so I, <laughs> I didn't tell my wife at the time. Amazing. So uh, I got rid of it. Wait, what'd she say? You you paused. What oh, did you I didn't say? Tell, t- you didn't tell your wife at the time be, what? Well, be, I didn't tell my wife until it was cool, until like it was way past the point and every until oh, it was okay. already a miracle. Because <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, and um, here we are. Like every every bill is you know every it it always works out. Um, but wait, so what happened? Oh, I don't remember. I it, things just worked out. I don't know. It's so funny. They kind of blend together now. Like not. It sounds like sketchy. It's it all blends together how many times that has happened where I've looked at the account and been like, well, we don't have anything. And then, so for instance, as a speaker, um, sometimes I, like one time I went to a church and they gave me $10 and a piece of pizza. Cause that's all their budget had. That's all they had. And I specifically never charge as a speaker. I always say like, no, I don't have a stipend because if you can't pay me, there'd be no reason not to preach the gospel just because you can't pay me because God pays the bills. And so plenty of churches, country churches who could never have had a speaker come in, then I get to go there. Um, uh, and, but then once in a while, when it would be needed, when I would be down to zero, I would go to a church and do a one hour thing and they'd write a massive check for no reason. Just be like, oh, we wanted to give you this. Like, I mean, I've had money arrive in in the bank from people I've never met. I don't know how they know me. It just it arrive, or it arrives in the mailbox in a check and be like, hey, uh, God wants me to give you this. Um, we, we When we were adopting the kids, uh, when we were adopting Esther, um, we, we had no money. We had to move back to the Island for a year. We had no way of doing it, but we knew God wanted us to. Um, and I got an email from somebody in France saying, Hey, we found out about your adoption. We want to be a part of the family and help out. There's a family in Nova Scotia who emailed me saying, we're going to skip all of our Christmas presents this year. And we're going to give you all of our Christmas money so you can make this adoption happen. Like just, and that's the other time God called me out. Cause it's coming back to what you asked me for. Um, this is kind of missionary life, but more living on Providence. We, God brought the third child into our life to adopt it as their sister. She was still on the Island. We were back stateside with the two boys and we found out, okay, their sister's up for adoption. Uh, do you want to adopt her? We had $45 to our name and I was at a camp you know, with father Mike the summer camp that we speak at. And I was supposed to speak that night on trusting God. And um, I was adoration beforehand. And I was ignoring the question about whether to adopt this, this girl because I, I didn't really want to I I, I loved her but I, we didn't have any money how how are you gonna do that so the answer has to be no so I was there praying and I was like God just please give me the words to say tonight to speak to these youth and God so clearly was like I'm not giving you any words to say you want to you you mean to tell me you want to go up in front of these 200 kids and tell them to trust in me and you're gonna ignore the life of a little girl because you're worried about your your Wells Fargo account like who's who's God Wells Fargo or me and um, it was like the clearest, like, oh my gosh, that's when you put it in those terms, that's not fair. <laughs> like, like, okay. And so I actually had a moment where I was just like, okay, then I, then we'll say, yes, we'll just adopt the girl. And this fog cleared and, and it was, it was wonderful. And I got to call my wife and be like, we're having a girl and like, let her know that we were going to adopt this girl. But it all first came down to God saying, no, I'm not, you're not trusting me. So why would I like, why would I help you out with this little talk you want to give when you're going to ignore life? So when it comes to all life should be that way, whether you're a missionary or not living on Providence, but, uh, oh, you asked me when God had called me out on things. And those were the two. So. Has that ever challenged your masculinity? I don't know. What do you mean? Tell me, uh, what do you mean? I just feel like 
for so many men, they desire to be that provider and desire to right and, and okay, I'm the man of the house or, or I need to ensure that all of these things are taken care of. How did you get to that point where it was so, um, freely given and that you were able to be so receptive, recognizing God, the father's role in, in him taking that lead in your Um, house? Well, uh, obviously it wouldn't be like a light bulb moment, but I think it's a, a mixture of just, um, if we're honest, every man should be honest and and just kind of reconcile with the fact that if you're still breathing, that's all God's fault anyway. Like every breath you take is still him giving it to you. If your heart's still beating, you can't take credit for that. If you are able to get up in the morning and go to a job, like what's that way to go? Like God made you able to go get the job and get the paycheck and, and do all those things. And so I think there's a bit of masculinity. You should just shut up and, and realize like, yeah, no, you're still the feminine. We're still receptive from God. The greatest, you know, Jesus, the greatest man, the man of all men was in utter receptivity from the father. Everything was given. And so we should be the same. The other thing is, I think a dad has a real responsibility. I, I, this is me formulating relatively on the spot, but I, I think that a man has a deep responsibility to show everyone around him that he is not the provider and that he is not the strong silent one that, that he is not the one who can bear it all on his back because he can't, it's a joke. It's it, men are strong, but their strength comes from God anyway. So you, it's, I have a responsibility as a dad to show my kids what um, abandon looks like and what trust looks like. I ha- you have a, and that's harder. That's way harder than working really hard. Like to, to be honest, harder. it's, it's way scarier uh, as a, I joke because it's yeah. vulnerable, well, yeah, but it's more honest. Um, cause the rest is ego and bravado to think like, yeah, like I, I provided today. Well, it's so piddly what you provided today in, in, you know, relation to what God provided today. Like every second, every tick of the clock was him and you were just a part of it at one point. Like, I don't know. I just, so as a dad, I have to show my kids that. So my dad, my kids tithe from the, any dime that they receive, a penny goes back to God. Like that, it's just a given. It doesn't matter if it's Christmas money. It doesn't matter if it's, they did a chore. It doesn't, if it's a birthday, if you, if something comes into your hand, you have to, you have to let go of it as soon as humanly possible. I remember my first paycheck as a kid, because my mom instilled that in me to, to tithe. And my first paycheck, I remember being terrified. I got to find a bank. I got to find a church. I got to get rid of it because my mom's going to know. And she's going to like, I, I got it. But it's always been a thing. There was a time for a while there where like in college, I was able to tithe 50% of what I got because I was just in a state where I could. Um, and so I think that's a huge thing as well. If you, if you want to start to live the mission God calls you to here in the States and abroad, you, you do need to, to pry your, your bony fingers off of your paycheck. You have to. And, and that's, that's not me yeah. fundraising. That's saying you have to do that. Like you, you have to give and give and give. In fact, there's a, there's a band um, need to breathe. I don't know if you've heard need to breathe, but yeah. Yeah. They have, they have, what is, I guess my favorite song of all time. Uh, They have a song way from one of the earliest albums called nothing left to lose. And the first line of the second verse, he says, love is just like a war. You can't win, but you can give, you can give, you can give. And like that, that's, that's for me, that's everything. Like that's God. All he does is give. He just gives and gives and gives and gives. And if we want to, if we want to see what real life looks like, 
him being the God of life, then if you start to turn around and do that, it's insane. It is insane what happens in your life when you just let go of things, when you, when you put them in their proper place, I guess, even because money has its proper place, but it's just not the provider or the savior. And so, um, and that's for everybody like, that would benefit us all to live that way. Um, yeah. So rambling, no sorry. Well, no, Nick. Um, so, where can people, I'll, I'll put your website. Is it, is it freelygiven.com or something like that? What's Sorry. your website? You slow down Remember? for a second. I couldn't hear you for a second. What's your website? Oh uh, yeah. Freely given. What's Inc. your website? So freely given. Inc. Okay. Yeah. It's a really poorly done website by me. So we just. Great. I can't wait. It's a good nonprofit website. <laughs> it's a great nonprofit website. Well, I, I've just always been so grateful um, yeah, you're kind of one of those people that, uh, I don't see often. I don't connect with often. And when I do, I just am always left inspired and encouraged. And, um, yeah, it's been a real honor to, to have you on now for the second time. And, and I'd love to have you on more in the future as well. Um, because you just have so much wisdom and insight and, and there's really clearly a mission upon your life an anointing upon your life. That's, that's beautiful. Um, so I have one sure. more question for you. I forgot to tell you that I do this. Maybe you remember for the last time. You ask something. Every guest that comes on Lead Them to Life, I ask if there's a question that you've been pondering. Because my whole desire in Lead Them to Life is that this would be a place with more questions than answers. Because I think in the probing questions that we can ask ourselves, that the Lord asks of us, all of these things, um, we learn more about ourselves, the world around us, and the perhaps the mission that God has for us. So I want to know. If there is a question that, that you have been pondering, I feel like I already know what your question is. Well, oh gosh, there's a few right now. What do you think my question is? I'll tell you if it was one of the question that I think you and Jason are pondering is just the win. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. That's it. (laughs) Um, There's a bunch. So I don't know if you've read, he leadeth me by father Walter Chizek. Oh uh-uh. my gosh. Uh, I've, everybody listening do the audiobook, or it's like, it's a, it's an easy read. It's just a story of a priest. He's an American who lived in Poland and he felt called to be a missionary to Russia during world war, when world war II was about to start. Uh, and he, Jeez. he and a fellow priest took a bus in to be workers. And uh, in very short order, they, he was arrested as a German spy. Uh, he was in solitary confinement, tortured for four years, uh, is in the gulag for 17 years, uh, and finally made it out. And his entire story is one of, I was called to be a missionary. Uh, and then, uh, and in the moment of trying, he failed. He signed all the papers after enough torture, just saying, yeah, I'm a spy. I don't care. Just please stop. And um, he was an utter failure in man's eyes. And in his moment of deepest shame back in his cell after he had failed, um, God meets him and just says, listen, you had a foregone conclusion. You had something you thought I was going to do. I was going to make you strong and you were going to be this martyr and all these things. Uh, but I, I'm sending you. I'm not getting you through this. I'm sending this to you. I'm, I'm bringing this to you right now. And if I send you, you know, to the, to the gulag, I'm sending you there. It, there's no way this, I'm not getting you through something. I'm bringing this to you. And my wife and I have been reading that because we know we are called to be missionaries. That has never changed. God has reaffirmed it every step of the way. She was called to be a doctor when we were at the killing fields in Cambodia. Like she, we, we know, but at the same time, we're in the moment in our lives where we have jumped through every hoop. She's, she's a doctor. We are ready to leave. 
but you face, when you go to med school out of country, you face a bigger mountain of debt than anybody who goes states. So you, you have, you know, you have a massive, massive amount of money to pay back. And it doesn't matter what you make as a doctor. It's a 35 year payment plan. And we've known every step of the way we've known every step of the way that this is what God has for us. We know this and we know that we're here in international falls because he brought us here unequivocally, but he is, in the last month, well, no, ah, six months, he has raised in us a real divine discontent. We don't want to be where we are, how we are at the moment, but we don't have any foreseeable way out of what we're in. And so our question right now is, I mean, I think last time I talked about uh, quantum physics and stuff like that and the nature of time, but this time it's <laughs> yeah. so much more pragmatic. It's just like, when, like, like how long, oh Lord, like when, if you're making so you us restless more than we've yeah. been, but yet we have a hoop one. We have a mountain we can't get past. If that money was gone today, tomorrow, we'd be gone tomorrow. I mean, it, it, it's so stark in our brains. If this was, if this was taken care of, we would be gone. Like there'd be fire on our tracks, but we can't, we're just stuck. So that is the biggest question right now is when, so anybody out there, you could also pray that we have some guidance and deliverance in that regard, just as to, we know not now and we're fine. Like on the Christian side of things, we're like, okay, God, all right. You know, it's not now. And that's fine. Yep. But when, when, yep. so that's the question. Yeah. But when, yeah. Well, I, um, Nick, like I said, I'm going to put your, your website, um, designed by you uh, <laughs> up on up in show notes um, so that people can continue to follow along. And then I also want to give a shout out to your podcast. <laughs> What's it called? Catholics, that one? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Give them, give them like uh, real quick a rundown of what old fashioned Catholics is about. Cause I'm oh so pumped about okay. it. <laughs> so my buddy, Kevin and I were staying up late zooming one night, drinking an old fashioned. And we realized the conversation we just had was like super powerful. Like we're like, Oh man, this is, I wish a bunch of guys had been here. I wish some friends, we could have shared this. And so I just told him, I said, well, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's start. We started a podcast and a YouTube channel and we drink an old fashioned, we, you know, variations of it. We drink an old fashioned and then we talk about stuff we've, we've interviewed, I've gotten to meet so many people, like I'm virtually unknown, but I've gotten to meet a lot of known people. Uh, and so we just aired our father Mike episode. Cause it's so great. That one was nice. It was ready-made because it was just us hanging out. Yeah. Like he cooks a duck and it's, we just talk. And so, um, it, yeah, it's just, if you old fashioned Catholics or Nick Davidson, it's on my YouTube channel. So yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I just think it's so fun. Yeah. I love that father Mike was on recently. I think that's yeah, a blast. Nice. And, uh, the day after I have this baby growing in my belly, I am joining you for an <laughs> old fashioned awesome. and I can't that's wait. Awesome. You will be welcome. <laughs> Consider well, me signed I, I, up. I was actually going to say, I would, it'd be really cool if you'd be willing to be on the show one night. We film really late. Uh, so you'd have to stay I know that's the only problem. I go to bed at like nine o'clock and you film yeah, at we midnight. Do. We, well, and that's kind of our thing. It's part of it is we film late once. If you're deep in your vocation, the only free time you get is when it's inconvenient and when it's an exhausting, you know, point of your day. And so it's kind of neat, even with the interviews, everybody we've interviewed and just even with Kevin and I, those episodes, we're tired. It's a, it's a real, it's not like, so tell us There's about your life. It's that. more just like, how yeah. was your day? And oftentimes it's been exhausting. And um, I do want to put a shout out to the episode episode that'll be coming. I don't know the date. It's a few weeks from now, but we had Bill Donahue from the TOB Institute. We had him on a second yeah. time. And I told him the whole point of the episode was just get together and bring some of your funniest stories. And there's no deep, you know, whatever. And we laughed for yeah. an hour and a half. And so it's a really funny episode. Uh, That's yeah, awesome. So, yep. I love it. I love it. 
Well, yeah, definitely encourage people to check that out as well. Cause I just, <laughs> yeah, the creativity that you bring oh, to things you. is, is brilliant and fresh. And, um, yeah, like I said, I think somebody came up to me at that retreat last week and I was like, I love Nick <laughs> Davidson. He's so fabulously weird, which just resonates Amen. with me. Amen to the, weird. <laughs> the real, the real life. So Nick, well, thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, friends, I'm going to put all of that information in the show notes for you so that you can follow along with Nick and Jason and their journey to missionary work. Um, and hopefully this resonated with you as well. I definitely am feeling the increased call to radical life, whatever that looks like wherever he has me, uh, which right now seems to be exactly where I am. So uh, hopefully that resonates with you as well and that we all open up uh, for a minute perhaps and uh, give the Lord that invitation to speak into our lives in that way. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to share it with a friend and we'll see you next time.